You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 318. I'm Tim Robertson. He's David Cohen, and we're still in the 50 to 100 downloads to our sticker pack a day, according to Donnie Yankelo, David. Awesome. 50 to 100 per day, a day. And we still can't break the top 200. (laughs) Unfortunately, Apple doesn't actually give you usage stats for those stickers. I don't care about usage stats. I just think No, no, it'd be interesting to know. You know, for all we know, there's a massive flame war going on on 4chan that's all going on with the use of tech fan stickers. Oh, that'd be awesome. (laughs) I'd be very happy. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. But, yeah. Thanks, Donnie, for, uh, number one, creating the sticker packs, and number two, uh, keeping us up to date so we can continue our reporting here on TechFan on how the sticker pack's going. Uh, you know, I'm the very, thing... very confident yeah. that at least 20% of our audience only choose in every week to get that statistic. That's absolutely. That, that, <laughs> I figured I'd put it right at the beginning so they can sign that's, off now. Yeah, they can, they can forget the rest of the show now. <laughs> So I think that's cool. Uh, I thought Donnie had done uh, a MyMac sticker pack as well. I could have sworn I saw that, but I actually went to Donnie's page on the sticker pack page on on whatever store it's called. I I can't keep up. And uh, no, it's just you know the te- the tech fan's the only one he had done that was you know related to MyMac or TechFan or anything like now, that. Now, do those download off his server or your no, server Apple. or Apple servers? It's Apple servers. Apple servers. Yeah, okay. you upload it. Right. Otherwise, could you if if apps and stuff like that was dependent like podcasts are on the the provider's access or the provider's bandwidth, it, you could run into a lot of problems. Well, you could do, but then why in some respects it's why a podcast still downloaded off your servers but apps aren't it's you know it's because apple cares more i don't know well i know apple says that they don't cache podcasts and i believe them up to a certain extent but i've actually taken my server offline and downloaded a a podcast in the past not when it's brand new though yeah because when i first upload a podcast the first thing i do after i update the rss feed before I even post it to the website, is check to make sure that iTunes will actually download that podcast. That tells me if I made a mistake in the RSS feed, um, did the podcast not update all the way, something like that. Right. Um, usually, I would say 90% of the shows that I manage, that I put up there, I don't have any problems with. There's one that I, I have an issue with every other episode. I have to fix something. And I won't tell you which guy is doing that. Uh, I don't. I don't think you should. I no. think it should be a secret. Yep. Yeah. I'll respect that guy's. Uh, I think privacy. So. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> other, otherwise, he might. He might. You know. Well, I don't want guy. some guy mad at me that. Yeah. Exactly. I'm. I'm exposing that guy to uh, yeah. public ridicule for misnaming files. And and if, if he thought it was him, he might get a bit surly. <laughs> Uh, we love them. <laughs> uh, it's the best part of Mac stock, in my opinion, is getting to see all you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. I actually didn't mean that one as a, <laughs> as a pun. 
That one was organic. That one was. Yeah. <laughs> so did you see the news? Oh, man. Did you see the news? Elon Musk, he really is Tony Stark, but I don't know. Sometimes I start wondering. He wants to launch a, a new way to travel in the in the world, city to city, using rockets. Yeah. Because planes could, are too complex? I don't know. What what could possibly go wrong with launching rockets from one continent to another? How could anybody misconstrue that at all? And it's a, this is the part that really cracks me up. It's two-stage rockets. So, yeah, no no problem. Where's the I don't I don't where's this criticism coming from? I have no idea. Yeah. I, I look. I it's mean, not it's I, I mean, let's be honest. Elon Musk, we've solved all the rest of the world's problems. So, Rocket travel is definitely something you should be putting your considerable resources behind. Well, I, this is this is a man who clearly thinks about transport an awful lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, How about transporting goods to Puerto Rico right now? How about that one? Can you get a rocket down there for us? There's a thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I, I don't know. It's um, you kind of did that hyperloop thing a few years ago which was another kind of these far out concepts which people are now working on now but I, I just the problem with rockets is that they're not exactly very environmentally friendly no um, you know they dump an awful lot of toxic have you ever if you ever used to watch the space shuttle go up sure have you ever noticed a great big stream of smoke behind the rocket mm, yeah yeah that was all mostly it was uh, aluminium oxides and all sorts of things it wasn't really stuff you want to be dumping into the atmosphere on a regular basis no and he he's showing oh look you take this cruise ship out to the launch pad in uh in the hudson bay and launch from new york and land in hong kong in 32 minutes yeah that sounds great uh i don't know who's going to be able to afford that uh but beyond that how about just suborbital planes how about that? You make a jet that's suborbital. The, the SR-15 could almost do it. And that was 35 years ago. Uh-oh. Lost David. Yay, wire. I love it. It's fantastic. I'm going to pause till I get David back on. And after a quick pause, we are back. Uh, we still haven't... Now, we requested feedback. We got some great feedback on our placement to wire. And we've done absolutely nothing to, to explore any of those. Yeah, because let's face it, the only time we think about it is just before we start doing the show. I, I've thought about it. The problem is the distance between us, the time difference between us. So by the time I get out of work, you're probably in bed. Yep. You know, and by the time you're up in the morning and, and have time before work, I'm still in bed. So... Yep. Yeah, it's it's tough during the week. It is. We'll, we'll have to we'll have to try and figure something. We have to do something on a Sunday. Yeah. When neither one of us are working, we got you know an hour that we can just kind of play with a couple different options and see what works for us. Mm -hmm. I'm uh, I'm I'm confident we'll figure something out soon. Okay. So what's cool. happening right now is as we're talking, I hear you just fine, but I'm starting to get real staticky with you as time goes on. That's right, and basically you kind of. Uh, it was like you had a static virus because it, it, you dis, you disintegrated the point where all I could hear was static in time to your speaking, but no, no actual understanding. Yeah. yeah, you know, even so, less than normal anyway. Yeah, well, that goes <laughs> yeah. without saying. So, have you updated to? Um, 
high Sierra yet on your Mac? I have not, and I'm of two minds. Um, well, number one, I can't yet. Uh, remember, the the first version that's just came out is not supported with uh, Fusion drives. Yes, well, the APFS is not not supported. the The OS is; it just won't convert your right drive to APFS. And that's you can install it, but it won't do the file conversion. Right, and I and to me, that's the only reason I'd want to update right now. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. You look through the list of what's in High Sierra, and, and most of it is stuff in the standalone apps. So you kind of think, why didn't they just release those separately? Right. Um, there's been some big changes. I, I used Photos this morning, and, and that's massively changed for the better. But there was no reason why they couldn't have done that on the old version. Um, I had an interesting day yesterday, up, updating my Mac Pro to High um, Sierra. The, the wrinkle with mine is that my drives, I have two, sorry, I have three hard drives in my Mac Pro. Uh, well, I one SSD, which is my boot drive, uh, and then two data drives, which are spinning drives. Um, so the, it went ahead and it converted the SSD to APFS as part of the upgrade process. Um, my, I, I, So this Mac, particular Mac Pro is fully supported under Sierra and High Sierra, so there's no hacking shenanigans going on by me but when I rebooted my uh, all my drives are encrypted because they're work drives and so I have to you know encrypt the data on them because I do government work um, when I rebooted it asked me for the encryption password for my boot drive hmm. now normally when it asks me that that is my logon password so I gave it that and it didn't work <laughs> it said no uh, and so then I tried my um, iCloud password, didn't like that either. And I'm sat there thinking, hell, I can't get to my drive here. So anyway, I rebooted into recovery mode and launched Disk Utility and just tried to mount the drives with the with the proper password, and they mounted fine. Really? Yeah. So I think thought to myself, well, this is peculiar. Uh, and I was actually at the point of thinking I might have to do a clean install and then restore from my time machine back up. didn't really want to have to do that. Um, and I did a bit of searching online, and yes, during the betas, people found this problem. Uh, and I think what's happened is that when the drive has been converted to APFS, a APFS has its own encryption, as well as the file vault encryption that I was running that comes out of the operating system. And I think somehow the um, the keys either hadn't gone over or alternatively the key that he needed to validate the drive with was encrypted and it couldn't reach it. But anyway, I was kind of SOL uh, and I, I really was kind of struggling what I was going to do and eventually I decided to try booting back into recovery mode and just reinstalling High Sierra over the top again. So I did that and that fixed the problem. I was able to boot up and log onto my machine. But you know what? I mean, I'm I'm certainly thinking anybody non-technical who went through this would be kind of off down to the Apple Store, and um, it's really the sort of bug that I think should have been picked up during beta rather than pushed out live. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, you know, oh well, no biggie. You 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 were protecting your data with encryption, and now you've lost it all. Tough. I even went through the recovery process because you can you're supposed to be able to reset. Um, these encryption recovery keys using iCloud. You store your re recovery key in iCloud, and then you can go into a special password recovery mode, and it will co contact iCloud, validate the password you give it, uh, and then change the password on the drive. 
and I did that and it all went right through until the end of the process and it said no could not could not authenticate process failed <laughs> yeah it's um, it's terrible um, not great experience and um, we're with the static again so I'm going to have to drop off and on okie dokie fun isn't it well, looks like he just hung up on him. Wow, that's weird. I went to pick up and it just went, boop, gone. So we'll try it this way. Oh, wire. I love you. Not really. And he's not picking up now. So it looks like maybe it's a connection issue on his end. I'm going to hang out, see what happens. One of the things that David and I do every week, of course, is our wiki trolling. And I picked one. <laughs> it's kind of what I do. Um, I, you know, I, there, I still can't figure out how to use Wikipedia to only show me tech-related random posts. If anybody knows how to do that, let me know, because it, it would be awesome. Oh, let's see. David is just not having a good time today, is he? No. I think he lost his network connection completely. I don't know if he's at work using a Wi-Fi network. <laughs> now he's calling me. So we'll see if he's there. Are you there? I'm here. Oh. I'm here. I've, I've switched the web client for me. Oh, yeah? Let's see if that's any better. Yeah. Can't be any worse than what it's been. No. So I uh, picked a Wikipedia page for us, David. Okay, cool. This one is the App Store, iOS. Okay. <clears throat> So a couple things. Uh, the App Store was opened on July 10th, 2008. Now here's the question, David. How many applications did it initially launch with? Do you remember? Uh, not very many. Was it a couple of thousands, something like that? 500. Wow. That's pretty small. Now, I remember when it went live. Um, I mean... We were still doing yeah. the MyMac podcast at that point, though. Yeah, I, well, I remember because I remember getting the um, getting the first iPhone. My brother brought it back to me from the states because you, they weren't available in the UK. Um, and I had a very exciting evening, and I, and I I did something to it to allow it to uh, to um, to act, activate in the UK. Um, and got it going, and it um, that unlocked it as well. So I was able to put a local SIM in it, and uh, it was all very good. And I, you know, did the phone thing, did the web thing, did the play around the contacts, and and this that sort of thing. And after a while, it's like, well, it's great. I just kind of wish it did a little bit more than it does. What it does is fabulous, but it doesn't do very much. <laughs> so I, you know, I was very keen for the App Store because obviously that opened the floodgates to making it a useful thing. It it turned a cool product into a game-changing product. Yeah. It, it's one of those, you know, some in Apple claim that they were always going to open it up no. to third-party developers, and I don't believe that for a moment. No. Um, but I think that once it actually launched and they saw the usage of it, I think it made way too much sense to support third-party applications and that they would only 
be a bit player in the cell phone market if they didn't do that. It would never get a, a wide adoption rate. Never. Uh, and you can kind of... Uh, it seems crazy now, but you can actually... You remember what things were like back then. Everything on a phone was from the developer, was from the the, the manufacturer. Right. Everything. Yeah? Nothing was done. There was There was very little kind of free open stuff. Uh, there was a couple of people playing around with Java kits and stuff like that for certain types of phones. But pretty much, you know, if you, anything that came on the phone was provided by the manufacturer. So you can understand Apple taking that view, particularly as with, you know, this was the area of the iPod where they controlled everything. Exactly. Um, and, and they had been stung before by opening up their platforms to third parties. And there was a lot of concern concern that was well-founded because it happened very quickly that inappropriate apps would be um would end up coming onto the platform and that apple would suffer you know by association with that and so they one thing i think they did recognize was that if they were going to do an app store they were going to have to build all the tools provide everyone all the tools to to build the apps and then they were going to have to police and manage the app store themselves nowadays they they do they sell that as a as a you know, an added value feature that they're there keeping the phone safe for you. But back then, that must have been like a terrifying prospect to had to build all that infrastructure, employ all those people just to allow people to run, you know, games on your phone. It, it must have it must have seemed like a, you know, it, this can't make any business sense. I don't blame them for coming to that conclusion. No, it, because the, I mean, they trailblaze literally in every sense of the word a, a, a brand new ecosystem. When's the last time that happened? Yeah. I mean, you people all oh, the computers. No. The computer industry didn't start anything like that. You know, they would launch hardware, and then third parties would write applications for it. Or at the very beginning, you would buy a magazine that would give you the code to type into your computer to make the application yourself. It wasn't an ecosystem on... Uh, it, it even close to what... Apple launched with the App Store. I mean, they had to launch it as a a fully baked ecosystem. Yep. That is incredibly difficult. And if you remember us doing the podcast back in 08, do you remember some of the controversial things about the App Store? I do. Um, we were complaining about all the stupid fart apps. We are complaining about all the paid flashlight apps. You know, it, it was it was kind of the Wild West, even though it was all curated. Do you remember the guy who did the the app that was kind of a gold-plated app, and the only reason for it to exist was so he could charge $1,000 for it, because that was the maximum price on the app store? Yep. And loads of people bought it, just yep. so they could say they bought it. Yep. You know, I mean, there was a lot of people making a lot of money in those early days. It was a real gold rush. It was. It um, was hidden and of porn course, apps. The other thing, yeah, the other thing that was controversial at the time, if you remember, was the fact that Apple was taking 30% of everything. Yeah, that was a... Uh, still uh, are. And they it was still controversial. Are. It, it was a point of contention for a lot of developers. A lot of people back then, some of the bigger developers were like, well, we're not going to develop for this platform. Why, why would we do that? And Apple gets 30%? Yeah. That's crazy. Then they realized that 70% of a lot of money was still a lot of money, and they, they kind of abandoned those principles pretty quickly. Yes, exactly. 
And because, and quite frankly, in any other industry, if you're providing a product, you're making a whole lot less than 30%. Yeah. You know, you're making peanuts compared to what it's going for in retail. Well, we were just talking before about about um, margins on, on cars in your trade. And you, you were talking about single-digit margins. I mean, you were talking about very low amounts of money compared to the price of the product. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, you got to give Apple credit here. Do they, do they drop the ball at any point? Sure. Do they make some bad decisions? Absolutely. But... Over the last almost 10 years, it's going to be 10 years next year for the, the anniversary of the App Store. 10 years. Do you know how many more millionaires are in the world right now because of the App Store? Yeah. I mean, it's entire industries, stuff like Snapchat. Well, Facebook's uh, popularity is because of the App Store. I, I think you could, you know, there, there, was, there was certain, not only was there no um, plan for Google Android to look like the iPhone, but there was certainly no Google Play Store back then either. No. I mean, everybody copied what Apple had done. So no basically that entire computing ecosystem, then let's face it, I think we all recognize probably is the future of personal computing, uh, was started by this decision. Absolutely. Uh, no and, question and, about you know, it. Even, even the small devices that, like an, a Fire Stick or an Apple TV, all of that came along because of the iPhone and the App Store. That they it, it, it showed yeah. an ecosystem that people would download an app or buy a device that would allow you to access online video streaming. Netflix can owe a lot of their success to streaming now. We don't need, I, when you think of Netflix, you don't think about the discs anymore. And remember, no. we were doing the MyMac podcast when Netflix decided to charge extra to stream. Yeah. So you're going to get two bills basically now, one for the discs, and that's how they started their business, and they were wildly successful. And one for streaming. <clears throat> they still send DVDs out. Yeah, they do. Uh, there's yeah. if you look at a couple movies and oh, this one's only available on a disc. It's like yeah. really that seems very 2008 ish. I mean, yeah. archaic. But I, I don't think Netflix would be what they are today without stuff like well, the ecosystem that the App Store built. It was a it was a renaissance. For software I, I, developers, well, yeah, it was because I, I don't think I don't think even music streaming would be would exist today. No, of course because, not. Because what the app store popularized was not just the idea of downloading um, software for your phone, but it brought the idea of buying software from the cloud to the mass market. Nobody did that before. No, nope. in People a portable way. Computer stores before to buy stuff. Right. And all of a sudden, your grandmother, you know, your your. Uh, eight-year-old kid, whatever, any of them could easily and safely buy digital content, whether it be software or whatever, from a safe place online, and it came over the air to your device. Well, Facebook... Yeah? And, 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 and that's what transformed the iTunes store into right. a music streaming place. Well, look at Facebook and look at Twitter. Both of those existed before the App Store. But both were more curiosities and kind of tech people related it wasn't everybody using them because you had to be in front of your computer to use it well you're not in front of your computer on your lunch break or when you're at work or when you're waiting in line at you know wherever now you have your entire social media in the palm of your hand you could take a picture while you're on vacation and post it to your facebook page i mean 
it was huge. Everyone had, everybody wanted an iPhone because it was cool. It recorded really cool video and pictures, and now you can share it with your family. It changed yeah. everything. Yeah, certainly did. And, you know, yes, Apple made mistakes at the beginning. Um, you know, it, it's still going. And they're still doing it. And they're still making it better. By the way, David um, just had to drop him off because same problem developed. He can't hear me. Oh, I tell you, one of these days we'll we'll get our act together and uh, get a replacement for this wire because it's just not working for us, David. Nope, still not. <laughs> Too funny. So that was our. Uh, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna hang up. I'll let him call me when he's ready. Because I don't know when he's ready. I don't know what he's doing. Switching networks again or something. Uh, so I'm going to take this time well, to answer uh, David's call. And there he is. Hi, David. Hello. So let's uh, jump into our feedback here. And sure. we're going to also use this feedback as a means to thank our sponsor, OWC. So we're going to start uh, from BJ Rowland. And he writes, and this is, of course, talking about our wiki trolling last week. He says, I worked for a few years in uh, Doha, I don't Doha. have my glasses. Um, Doha is pronounced. I don't have my glasses. Yeah. You, Doha in the uh, United Arab Emirates. And it's a, he says, uh, a city that is... full of massive malls. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> Everything is big in the Emirates. Yeah. So he says, to escape the intolerable heat and offer 99% humidity, the air-conditioned malls were used in early morning pre-opening hours by jogging clubs. You know, they're still doing that here uh, in Michigan. Yeah. You know, when Julie and I would go walking every morning, we'd walk for a couple miles. In the winter months here in Michigan, we'd go out to uh, the local mall and walk that. Yeah. yeah. And I, I always remember growing up in Florida as a kid because you'd be out in the summer and so it'd be in the early 90s in Florida. And then you walk into the mall. Yeah, and you think, oh, at least it'd be cool in the mall. But the thing is, the mall was like 65 degrees. <laughs> it was freezing. Yeah. And so you'd have this thing where you kind of, after a half an hour walking around the mall, you were kind of thinking, oh, I wish I had a sweater or something. And of course, outside, it's absolutely stinking hot. And uh, inside, you're freezing your behind on. <laughs> That's right. And this is the part where we talk about um, our sponsor, OWC. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Uh, BJ says, my much-loved 2010 MacBook Air 11 recently had its batteries swell up and die, so I had it replaced. After hearing your chat on OWC replacement SSDs, I bought a 480-gigabyte upgrade kit, SSD and enclosure, to replace my existing 128-gig SSD. I am now eagerly awaiting its arrival. I've previously bought an OWC kit to replace the optical drive with an SSD in a 17-inch MacBook. OWC make good stuff, and your high praise of them is well justified, in my humble opinion. Uh, thanks for the feedback, and I would agree with uh, with him about OWC making good stuff. Now, I work there. I'm not an employee now, and this is a paid ad, but you can't just throw money this way and think I'm going to read an ad if it's a product or company that I don't like. Yep. Um, they make good stuff. You know, it's it's not just it's not just the fact they make good stuff. It's uh, having been there myself, 
seen some stuff they were working on at the time that's now actually been launched. I mean, they they are they're not just rebadging stuff from China. No. They are actually building, designing, planning products that they think their customers want, and they're getting them made. They are a manufacturer, and then they have a a warehouse and a and a a kind of setup that's very much focused on delivering the best their customers are very proud of it and and rightly so but it, it's definitely not just you know a um a shelf stack tag and bag and type uh, setup at all i mean they really are um very focused on delivery so we want to thank owc for their continued sponsorship of tech fan podcast um every time i post a link to a new episode i also give them a shout out on twitter so if you're not following them on twitter please do so just Look for us, and then we'll have a link right to OWC as well as MacSales.com. They have two different accounts, so follow both of them. David, you put a, a really odd story in the show notes. So <laughs> everybody knows what HBO is, but they do have a rival called Showtime. Um, they've had some good shows, but for the most part, and I'm, a, I'm actually a Showtime subscriber, but I, I can't tell you the last time I went to their website or watched anything on showtime isn't, it's isn't the walking dead on showtime no it's amc amc I'm, i always get the two of them confused well but showtime yeah, you know, is an hbo excuse me an one HBO of those thing. channels that kind of you know does their own content and does a, a good job at it you know uh, in the main and they you know they have a place and go for many many years i remember them back in the early days of hbo them being a uh, a competitor um um ray donovan is one of their shows um Shameless, which is a British show that's gone over to the States, you know, uh, and then they do the movies and stuff like that as well. Unfortunately, there are some things they do that you might not be so thrilled with, which is when you go to their website, um, up until recently, they were running JavaScript code that would mine cryptocurrency while you were there. Basically steal a bit of your uh, CPU time to um, try and find Monero, which is a uh, a, a kind of a Bitcoin style thing uh, and um, yeah take that CPU mining uh, and then um, try and generate these these things that have a value uh, and obviously you know crowdsourcing uh, that maybe you've got a lot of this to your website you're going to get a lot of computing time for nothing uh, and of course you know no disclosure no talking about it no you know explanation as why they might be doing that really kind of odd i don't understand it at all uh, uh well uh, it's hard to imagine you know showtime's a, a big board. company yeah they don't need to do something like this to monetize it's a paid thing you have to pay for showtime a showtime subscription to even watch their content yeah I, I don't get it either, um, and they haven't explained it. To be honest, they've just removed it. So, you know, I um, I kind of wonder. Yeah, we lost David again. I wonder if this was maybe. No, yeah, he dropped off again. I have to wonder if this was maybe a, a rogue employee that inserted this code secretly, thinking nobody would ever find out. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if that was the case. I think the listeners are getting really used to the ringing sound from Vine at this it's, point. It's kind of crazy. It's, it's the, the static is coming more quickly every time. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's it is like an infection. Yeah. It's almost like an infection of cryptocurrency mining code. Yeah, it's probably I, in, maybe uh, that's what it is. Yeah, that's why that's why wires sucks so not, so much now. Oh, it's yeah. free. Go ahead and use it. <laughs> so I was just saying to the listeners and not to you that I wouldn't be a bit surprised to find out that this was actually an employee who put this on the site. Um, although I doubt if it, this is an internal development website, every farms out everything, but somebody installed this to make the money and, without telling Showtime or their parent well, company. Yeah, look, I, I, I would imagine, so it's hard to imagine a um, Showtime board meeting where they said, you know what, here's a great idea, let's, let's steal CPU time from our customers and try and generate a little bit of extra coin. And it would that. just be a little bit. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much traffic they get and i don't know how easy it is to mine cryptocurrency using this technique i mean frankly I, I'm, I'm one of the shocking things about this story is that the um the code they use is actually commercial code called CoinHive, who wrote this service uh, and then basically they they farm it out to um websites like this and then keep 30 percent of the proceeds yeah <laughs> it's and then they're going, we are a bit saddened to see that some of our customers integrate CoinHive into their pages without disclosing to their users what's going on, let alone asking for their permission. Well, thanks, CoinHive. Maybe you shouldn't have written the horrible, horrible thing in the first place. Yeah. You know, but um, Showtime haven't commented. And um, that, in, in some respects, is even worse to me than doing it in the first place, because that does imply they try to get away with this. If, if it was a rogue employee, you know what, they need to come out and say, we apologize, uh, this was a guy, this guy has been fired, we wouldn't do this on purpose. And by not saying that, that sounds a bit terrible. So as you see, Google came out with a new thing with Levi, the clothes maker. They're going to release a, like a, a connected smart jacket for $350. So this, yeah. this is... Um, much like the Juicero thing we've mocked over the last few weeks, this, yep. this one is filed onto, you know, no, somebody had a tech idea, but nobody thought about whether they should really do it or not, and whether it was viable. Because, yeah, this looks great. This this jacket is really cool. It has a little battery and Bluetooth radio and a tag in the collar that you can remove when you want to wash it. And um, it has touch-sensitive um, fibers in the sleeve so that you can stroke your arm and get your music to change and all sorts of wonderful things like that but you remember I just a moment ago I said take the thing out so you could wash it yeah because we wash clothes that's what we do yeah I would well, hope this so apparently will last nearly 10 washes if you're lucky it's unbelievable <laughs> you can wash it a $350 jacket that, that they won't guarantee that it will continue to work if it's washed more than 10 times that's unbelievable it's <laughs> like at that point you know when the when the engineers come to you and say look oh by the way just just before you start marketing this we need to kind of let you know what the limitations are that's when you pull the plug on this and you yeah. say this is not ready for prime time you no. don't go well let's just launch it anyway yeah we'll get some suckers to buy it <laughs> unbelievable it's, and, it's and, crazy. and Levi's apparently response to this is well you shouldn't wash it that much anyway right Apparently, the uh, the CEO of Levi's is famously known for saying that you shouldn't really wash your jeans. It ruins your jeans to wash them too much. So really, you should wear them at least five, six times before you wash them. Yeah. Boy, that guy yeah. must just yeah. reek. He just... Oh, yeah. He just stinks. 
Oh, this guy's a millionaire, but God, he stinks all the time. Well, let's be honest. The guy who who runs Levi doesn't wear those freaking pants. No. Ugh, gross. That's just but gross. Yeah, just, just sometimes people coming up with tech just need to go, well, you know, if it's not viable, why don't we just not do it? Yeah. <laughs> There's there People, you have that option. Just don't do it because it's stupid. So we're going to keep this as a, a very short episode this week. We went to uh, our feedback. Of course, we do love feedback. It really does make the show hot for David and I. Send us feedback. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com or send us a message on Twitter. It's techfanpodcast. You can also find the show at mymac.com and comment there as well. Uh, we, again, really, really encourage the feedback, guys. Appreciate it if you could do that for us. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode. Um, David's got a hard out in five minutes, so we want to get this wrapped up. Anything before we run, David? Uh, no, just to say the static is back, and I can barely hear you again. Good. Fantastic. Good. That's I like it that way. I, I could say things and be very derogatory of you, and you'd have no idea. The yeah. audience could be like, wow, I can't believe he's not going to respond to that. So we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.